Hi everyone, and welcome to the third episode of The Sarcastic Psychic, and I am The Sarcastic Psychic and your host, Sydney Sherman. Since the last podcast, I've been enjoying the warmer weather and, you know, increasing greenness and everything that spring pops up. It's just glorious out. I've done some planting and some pruning and some digging and some grooming. I thought that was funny. And with that, of course, came the sneezing and the blowing and the tearing and the coughing. Yeah, allergy season is fun for the whole family. It's a gift that keeps on giving. I'm not going to complain about it because, like I said, the glorious stuff that comes from it, it just makes up for all of it. But for those of you who are not affected by the copious amounts of snot that clog your head and your ears and everything else, I can tell you that for those of us who do, we hate you. I mean, we, we really, really do. <laughs> and I'm, I'm being very serious about that. So it's amazing how much one thing that is so beautiful, new growth and flowers, oh, this blue skies are just great. The warmth of the sun can also cause so much distress. But like I said, I'm not going to say too much about it because it is glorious outside and it's beautiful and my plants are coming up. And so, so that's what I've been doing. Um, and, but what about this wind? You know, I don't know where you're listening from, but in the Connecticut along the Northeast, the wind other than the last couple of days has been incredible. I mean, it's just been ridiculous. It's been relentless. And like I said, other than the last couple of days. I mean, for a while there, I felt like I was living in Kansas with Auntie M and Dorothy and, and Toto. And, you know, honestly, my poor squirrels, this is, this is actually pretty funny. I have a trellis that I put my bird feeders on for the birds. And I actually have a few that are called squirrel-proof feeders. Well, yeah, somebody is sitting back making lots of money, laughing at all of us idiots who actually truly bought into this theory that there would actually be squirrel-proof feeders. But anyway, my poor squirrels were climbing up this trellis to get to this squirrel-proof feeder, and they had to hold on for dear life. It was freaking hysterical. At one point, they were literally being catapulted off into the yard. And honestly, I would have felt sorry for them if I could have stopped laughing so hard for a minute. It was freaking hysterical. I mean, honestly, just even thinking about it now. And all I keep seeing now when I relive what I saw during the windy time was it's replayed in slow motion. And you see these little arms flail out and you see these eyes open in wide surprise. And it's just, it's, it was funny. I'm sorry. So anyway, again, ridiculous squirrel-proof feeders, bullshit. I'm calling you out. It's not true. Anybody has squirrel-proof feeders, please email me, author yahoo.com. Tell me where I could get them, because otherwise, it's kind of like moose. You know, people tell me moose exists. I've been to New Hampshire. I've been mid Maine. I've gone out in special locations at the bright early hours of the morning when they come out. I've never seen one. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to put them in the category of they don't really exist, along with the squirrel-proof bird feeders. Anyway, I hope you've been out and about enjoying the spring. It is beautiful to behold. Uh, today's topic is how do we get here? Now, for those of you who are new to the show, I hate to disappoint you, but if you thought you were going to tune in and expect to hear about how the birds and bees fornicate, you got the wrong show, you sickies. I mean, really, this podcast is all about energy. So that's what we talk about. And in the last two podcasts, we briefly touched upon many of the misconceptions and the misinformation purposefully, 
purposefully spread about the afterlife and why it seems so difficult for us to believe or understand something that should be second nature to us. And the last time, Amy, Amy, I hope you're listening, had a few questions about things that may influence our beliefs. So Amy, this one is for you. We had a lot of great questions last time, and I wanted to give you all some updates on Colleen. Oh my goodness, Colleen, a lot of you are concerned about Colleen. A lot of you, not so much. Actually, a little nutso. So some of you who listened felt that Colleen was not very friendly. Some of you even said that she was rude or sounded crazy. Honestly, I think you confused Colleen with me, but but that's okay. Well, for full disclosure, Colleen and I did talk. And she did turn into the last, excuse me, tune into the last episode. And I'm not going to go over what her and I talked about. But I did want to give you an update on it because you have been asking. Let me tell you something. I completely understand her anger and her reasoning behind her rather bitchy comments. Again, I'm not going to disclose our conversation, but I will say Colleen is not crazy. Colleen's not a bitch. She's actually a very rational and extremely smart lady. She actually reminds me of me a lot. <laughs> little plug there. She has a prove-it-to-me philosophy, and I think that's awesome. And she could smell BS a mile away. Unfortunately, she's heard way too many of the bogus tales, and it did affect her negatively. And wait for it. Wait for it. Folks, she thinks I'm funny. <laughs> she thinks I'm funny. Well, I think personally Colleen and I are going to be okay. I really think that we're going to be fine, and and I'm glad. So stop with the nasty comments about Colleen, please. (laughs) I know I provoked it, but honestly, stop. So since the last podcast, I've had a couple other emails. So again, thank you. Uh, Thank you for reaching out. The first was from Susie with a Z. Now, I'm not really making fun of her, but she actually had to go to the extent of letting me know that it has a Z in it. So. She simply wrote, great podcast. Well, thank you, Susie with a Z. I like you too. And I'm glad she listened. And I'm not making fun of her, even though it sounds like I am. But yeah, I kind of am. Uh, But anyway, Susie with a Z, hope you keep listening. Another was from a Treka. Treka, I hope I'm saying it right. T-R-E-K-A. I hope I'm getting it right. She says, can you talk about orbs and possessions and she did share some experience that she had with me. Well, Trika, again, if I'm saying correctly, no. You just hit my two biggest bugaboos, my two biggest pet peeves. These two things annoy the shit out of me. I mean, honestly, even just talking about it right now, <clears throat> but honestly, okay, I'm done. I'm bringing it back. Calm down, namaste. Actually, Trika, it's not true that I won't be talking about it. I will be talking about both of those topics in an upcoming podcast called Sometimes a Dust Particle is Just a Dust Particle. So stay tuned. You might find it interesting. All right, the next is from Samuel. And I'm just going to call him Sam because uh, I can. Uh, Samuel wants to know, he he said he liked my podcast, so thank you, Sam, and asked me if I had ever been on TV, like in a ghost hunting episode or a show. Well, Sam, yes to the TV, no to the ghost hunting shows. I absolutely just cannot condone what they do. I can't. I can't fake it. 
and it goes against everything that I stand for. Now, have I been sought out to do a series? Yes, absolutely. But they quickly surmised, as they should, that my scientific and dramaless episodes would not bring in the audience or the money that they were so obviously looking for. So Sam, thanks for asking and thanks for listening, but there will be no shows for Sydney unless people want to do a pretty simple, pretty rational series on what really happens at death. And honestly, I just don't see it happening. But you never say never, right? And lastly, I did receive an e- This is a little weird. I did receive an email. I'm, I'm going to save it till I clarify the question. So Lisa, if you're listening, Lisa, girlfriend, we need to talk. I mean, I want to be able to answer your question, but I need to be able to understand the question. So for, you know, for full disclosure, I haven't forgotten about you. I just honestly didn't understand what you were asking. So again, thank everyone for the questions. Please remember, I live for your comments and your stories and your experiences and even your thoughts. I mean, good, bad, and ugly. I say that all the time, but I truly mean it. So if you'd like to ask a question or share an experience, please email me at sydneyshermanauthor at yahoo.com. Remember to let me know if I can use your first name. I'll probably read your question during my show. And if you don't put your name on it, don't assume that I won't because I'll probably read it anyway. I just really would like to know if I have your permission to do so. So let's get into the uh, topic for today. How did we get here? Well, honestly, it's a really long story, and it's a sad story indeed. Uh, To discuss this, we need to look back at the many factors that control what we believe and what we don't. I mean, there really is a whole bunch of them. I can't possibly cover every single one of them today, but I want to give you a good uh, thought process to start with. Um, These can be based on your religion, your culture, your socioeconomic status, your age, and even your sex. And that's not if you have it. There has been numerous and I mean numerous, studies completed throughout the last 80 years on topics just like this, why we believe in things that we do. For example, women tend to believe what they were raised to believe if, and it's always a big if, they were born before the 1960s. Christians, like Catholics, tend to believe in the traditional heaven versus hell leaving no room for anything else in between, even even if it goes against their very own experiences that they know that they've had. Judaism tends to discuss more of the gifts of life and the punishments more than the access to an afterlife. And did you know, and this is actually in my reincarnation uh, presentation that I do, so check that out. You know, I go on my website and you can see when I'm doing that presentation as well. But did you know that there was actually documentation written in the Torah about reincarnation in the afterlife that was removed. A lot of people of the Jewish faith, a lot of my friends of the Jewish faith did not know this either until I showed them different writings that were in the Torah before that had been removed. So just in case you don't know, the Torah is a, um, like a compilation of the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, um, you're testing me here, uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and it's literally the first five books of Moses. But again, a lot of things that were removed. Why were they removed? Well, it fits in very well with uh, this topic for today. So people who are considered to be in the lower socioeconomic group tend to have a wider belief in or a hope in a God or spirits, or maybe a fear of demons or possessions or devils. 
Whereas people on the higher socioeconomic scale tend to be more, say, agnostic or not really to believe in anything unless there's concrete evidence behind it. So as you can see, there are many things that affect our way of thinking. But it doesn't harm us to look at all the things that are going on in our life to make us who we are. I mean, we don't have to be that way. We don't have to believe the way that we were taught in our households growing up or by our political affiliation or by the churches that we went to. We do have free will and we have a brain, folks, although honestly nowadays, maybe not so much. But anyway, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about my story. So my story is I was raised Catholic, yet from a very early age, I clearly understood at least when it came to this subject of death, that what I was taught was bogus and actually kind of screwed up. You know, my mother, a devout Catholic, knew this as well. She still played the game. You know, I mean, I think as the ages go along, it's like my mother always say, you know, you're born a Catholic, you die a Catholic. No, actually, you're not born a Catholic. But, you know, that was the theory. It's harder for them to pull away from authority figures. Um, but I wasn't going to play it. I wasn't going to play the game. So by 16, 17, 17 years old, I started doing lots of readings and I had lots of questions and I got in lots of trouble, especially in like catechism. And when I would talk to the priest about the things that I uncovered, the things that I read, the first thing that the priest would say to me is, you're questioning God. And I'm like, no, I'm questioning you, you moron. And they would do that on purpose to kind of get you to, once again, to repent, to feel bad about what you're doing. Do not think for yourself. Oh, no, Lordy, we do not want you to come to us. We will think for you. And I could clearly see that at 16, 17 years old, a lot of people, unfortunately, just couldn't do it. So religions have had, and still do to some degree, had a huge hold on people. Now, I am not anti-religious. I'm just more pro-faith. I personally absolutely believe in God, a higher power, creator. As described in the Bible or by the priests at the pulpit, absolutely not. I mean, no, absolutely not. I just, I can't even, I don't, don't even get me going there. But the thing is, you can have both. You can have an understanding and a belief in the afterlife and still believe in a God. Religions tell you it's one or the other. Faith does not. So let's do a little backstory. Those of you who have followed me for a while have heard me talk about journals and the Bible's writings that supported the theory of the afterlife. So now let's talk about journals just for a second. You know, journals, kind of like girls wrote diaries like in, in, in my age group, a lot of them were written in the late 1800s, especially by men. And honestly, they talked about nonsense. It was just a journal of their day, what they did. And honestly, to sit there and read these, it was mind-numbing most of the time. I mean, who really cared? But it kept track of things for them to remind them of things that happened or to remind them of things that they have to do. A lot of these journals you could find in your local library or a part of your historical society will have them. But, you know, one in particular that I talk about in my presentations, and again, this one just sticks out the most, but there's tons of them. A man who was writing his journal in 1854, and his journal simply says, and again, I'm 
paraphrasing some of this from my memory. Uh, well, I'm going to go down to Echo Lake today, and I'm going to bring my new fishing pole with me. I just bought it. It's a beautiful pole. And uh, I'm going to get there, and hopefully I'll have my favorite spot. And then it continues that, you know, oh, look at nobody's here. I get down here today. The sun is beautiful. The waves are nice and calm. I think it's going to be a great fishing day. Mom was there in her pretty pink dress. She always knew how I loved that. And I threw my line into the water, and it wasn't within five minutes I caught the biggest bass in the lake. And, you know, you're sitting back, you're reading the story, you're like, uh, okay, so what? Okay, so what? But as you continue to read more and more of these, especially, but more of these particular journals, it's clear that mom's dead. So when he says mom was there in her pretty pink dress, as she knows I always like that, why didn't he scream the ghost of my mom or scream it's a ghost or say the spirit of my mom or something like that? In the stories, in these journals, and they really are fascinating, I really hope you, you go uh, check them out yourself because in order to read, them, to read them, it really hits home for you. But mom being there in her pretty pink dress in his story was no more important than the new fishing pole he just got or the Echo Lake where he was going to go fishing or the fact that it was a beautiful day and the waves were not you know, like crazy and the fact that he caught this fish because it was normal. It was a normal part of their life. It was a normal part of their experiences. He wasn't afraid. He didn't call her a ghost because that's not how he saw her. And it happened all the time, so it was expected. And it was accepted because it happened all the time. Where did we go wrong? Where did we, you know, go astray? And it just doesn't make any sense to me. It just really actually is very sad, like I said. So, you know, I did touch upon some of these visitations, including the ones in the Bible um, with Job and um, Abraham, especially in Sodom and Gomorrah. And we did talk a little bit more about how the people who had these experiences with what they called angels leads me and many other people to think that, you know, did we put the title angels on something wrong? You know, it's like what, what we know, the name of the, the uh, podcast from, from last time. We know a lot about death, but their description of angels were more resemblance of that of kinfolk or relatives. They use the terms like mirror of resemblance. Well, that's not somebody that you don't know. That's a mirror as you're looking at a reflection of something and resemblance of something that looks like you. And the theory of being more like kinship or resemblance, again, that would lead somebody more to think that they knew these people more so than it being a celestial being. Now, for those haters out there, because I know I'm gonna get your questions about this, I'm not saying angels don't exist. I'm saying that there's many, many comments in the Bible that talk about visitations and they don't use the traditional with the wings, okay? They do talk about it more as being familiar to them. So back off me. <laughs> no, guys, you have no, I, I know what's coming from that one. Anyway, but, the feeling of the possibilities of the afternoon life, as I said in the story and in the journals, it was more accepted, especially culturally. And again, in my reincarnation presentation, which again, I hope you follow, if you go to my website, I talk about the Inuits, the Eskimo, the Mayans, the Hindu, the Buddhists. They all believed in an afterlife. Many documented their own stories of their own experiences. So why? Why was it accepted then, but not now? 
Why was it plausible and believable then, but not now? How did we get here? I mean, think about, you have to ask yourself some questions. Something happened to change our perspective on something that we knew, that we took for granted maybe, but we absolutely knew was plausible and real. So here we go. How did we get here? Again, I could talk about many different topics, but there is one in particular that did sway a large, extremely large group of people over to more of the thinking that we have now. It all started in the late 1500s into the early 1600s with the Roman Catholic Church. And the Roman Catholic Church was all powerful in Western Europe. There was no legal alternative. They made it this way for a reason. They guarded their position and anyone who deemed to have gone against the Catholic Church was labeled as a heretic and burnt at the stake. It wasn't just witches. I mean, this was earlier. I mean, they, forget it. This was like their MO. Let's burn it at stake. So there was no tolerance for any deviation from its teaching, which included that only knowledge of man and its existence was received to the servants, the priests, by God. Nobody, nobody else was blessed enough to have the ability to hear the word of God and make the decisions for themselves. Of course, said the priests. So they gave themselves free reign with their very loose interpretation of the spiritual writings and wordings included in the Bible. Not by God, by them. They removed parts of the Bible and added others. They took advantage of and relied upon the ignorance and the superstition of their populace. And they indoctrinated into the people that they could only get into heaven via the church. I'm sorry, folks, but power of corruption always stinks. And it stunk back then, and it still stinks now. So this gave the priests enormous power, and they wanted to keep that unchecked power. So they began making up rules and laws by God, they said, which were actually written and conceived by them, which would ensure their place as the rulers of a large group of people. This sound familiar? I mean, let's just pause for a second. Okay, enough. But does it sound familiar? The once held and widely held belief in the afterlife was cast aside now as being from the devil. Wickedness and ungodly behavior. So, I mean, honestly, I kind of think that these priests were describing maybe their own behavior, which, you know, that's what most power seekers do. But, you know, this is what they made people think, that if they even believed in anything else than what they were told, then they were practicing the art of the devil, and their wickedness and ungodly beliefs were going to get them. And a lot of documentations, as I said before, were rewritten. Yes, including the Bible. And those who supported the devil and his followers could not follow God also. So the punishment? Death. And by many accounts, do not take my word for this. Please go look it up yourself. You will bring some tissues. You will be very sad. But by many accounts, during the time 
Through the 1500s into the mid-1800s, the Catholic Church murdered more people than all the famines and the wars combined. As one archbishop said in the church, fall in line or fall down dead. Now, doesn't that sound like a bunch of God-loving people? Many other religions, to a, you know, a much smaller way, followed suit with the changing of beliefs and the changing of documentation, including the Torah and the Quran. You know, I can talk about this all day. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. I mean, think about all the things that we were told in school about, you know, history that we know now is just, it's not true. Now, did they purposely lie? Did they purposely give us false information to, you know, make us go in a certain direction? Or did they just not know themselves? And history cleaned up its act and they got more information, so they found out more and then they clarified it. Who knows? But the point is that we were filled with a lot of things. Now, the good news is that we're adults and we can see for ourselves where we were not given in many, many areas the, the, the facts, the truth. And we can make decisions on ourselves. You know, again, do we get them some slack and say, well, they just didn't know until they did? Well, okay, I can, I can do that. I can absolutely support that. I mean, there's a lot of things I didn't know until I knew. And, you know, I didn't do it on purpose. There was no, you know, meanness toward what I was believing at one point. But some things are done on purpose. And this was absolutely, absolutely done on purpose. So anyway, I could talk about this all day, but at this time, at this time during this um, historic part of our, our uh, culture, most everyone had a faith or belonged to some type of religion. So by control, they were made to give up that which they knew to be true. I mean, rules replaced experiences and falsehoods replaced facts. facts. It's called control people, look it up. So, you know, yes, it gets me very angry. Hopefully you can hear the sarcasm and the anger coming out in my voice. But, you know, there's some things that aren't as important as others. So, eh, whatever. But some things are truly very important. Now, some customs do come from religious aspects and their cultures also took their cues from religion. Um, so they took a bit of a hit as well. But there are still many cultures out there that hold true to their beliefs and even continue to celebrate their loved ones on special days. You know, like the Day of the Dead. It just, I'm not going to get into all of them. I'll save that for my, um, you know, Halloween edition. Um, but, you know, they do celebrate it. And I got to tell you, a very, very, very wonderful friend of mine, Susan, and her husband, Robert, um, invited my husband and myself several years ago to their son's wedding. We had never gone to a Jewish wedding. I got to tell you, it was, and I'm not saying this because she's probably listening, it was by far the best wedding and the most fun that I ever had. But what stuck out to me the most was when they were taking their vows, their son and their future daughter-in-law, the rabbi recognized by name and welcomed the people who had passed away in their lives, the grandmothers, the great-grandmothers, you know, all the people. And I'm sitting there, and yes, I cry at weddings anyway because I'm a sap. But I had to tell you, I cried for the very reason of the fact that they get it. They get it. I mean, they're honestly, without embarrassment, welcoming these people because they know they're there. They want to include them. I mean, how rude would that be? It would be like Aunt Judy, when she was alive, completely ignoring her at an event. You know, it's the same thing that they're there. And I just thought that was so beautiful. And I really appreciate the day. And I really appreciate um, our lovely friends inviting them to that um, celebration for their son. Uh, but anyway... 
So a lot of cultures have brought this back and have held firm to their beliefs. Unfortunately, the masses did not. So you may ask yourself, yes, but you know, how can such a large group of people go against what they know, what they've seen? I don't know. Maybe they're just uneducated. Maybe they're just stupid. Really? And I do hear that from people all the time. Well, they just didn't know. They were just very uneducated. You know, they were fools. Really? We do it all the time now. To this day, nothing's changed. We all are told what to think and by who. The news, politics, religion, our own neighborhoods, our friends. Who to build relationships with. Eh, you know, other like-minded people, groups, societies, cultures, lifestyles. You know, we all got to belong to something, right? No, we don't. Come on, folks. We honestly can be more autonomous. And we can think for ourselves. We don't need a group of people who support one particular belief. And then that's it. That's the end of the story. I mean, I'm telling you my belief and I'm telling you the facts that I've found. And again, I hope you're listening and I'm glad you're listening, but I want you to do your own research. Don't believe me. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And if you do, you know, maybe you should listen to another show. You need to take the information I'm giving you. Go find the facts for yourself. Because when you do the research and you find it information for yourself, it doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what Joe Schmo says. Because you've seen it for yourself. So please don't look back at these people as being dumb or uneducated. I mean, certainly they didn't have the education that we did, but we're no, we're no smarter. We're still falling for it every day. So, and everything we do and think has been influenced. Everything. So, again, were they stupid? You know, they had something that we did not have. They literally had the fear of death. Right? Burned at the stake. Pulled out of their house. They were told to deny not to talk about it, even to spread lies they know were lies. Sound familiar? Have we seen this over and over again in our own history and including the present? Yet we fall in line, don't we? We fall in line and we don't have the threat of death. So why are we doing that? Just something to think about. So, no, this is not a Catholic religious bashing topic. I promise you it is not. It is a fact-based topic. So, what do we do now? So, can we relearn what our descendants already knew? Can we come to understand how common and rational and natural it is to see or, or hear or feel as they did? I mean, is it too late? No, my friends, it's not. You can do it. And you have something that your descendants did not have. You have volumes and volumes of literature and research and stories to help you make up your mind. You have science at your disposal to support your research. You're going to have to put the work in I mean, you're going to have to. As I said before, I'd like you to believe me. I'd like you to believe every word that comes out of my mouth. But this is my truth. I'd like you to find your own. And, and I am here to help. And hopefully these podcasts are helping. So I hope you learned something new. And this gave you something to think about. We have science to support us. We do. 
there is no longer any reason to wonder or guess or even speculate. No one's going to burn you at the stake. Although, oh, there's my sarcasm again. Well, not for this anyway, as of right now. And for those of you who are offended by my topic today, too bad. I'm offended that you are offended. I mean, think about your own mind. Be autonomous. Find your own truth or continue being a sheep, a follower, or as a Roman Catholic church called the poorly deceived, a foolish lot. That's not nice. They knew they were deceiving them and they called them the foolish lot. So it's up to you. You know, you can continue to just believe what you've been told, or maybe you could do a little research. So that's not on that pot part of the podcast. The next podcast will be on May 28th, and we'll talk about angels and demons. No, not the game or the book or the movie. You might be surprised with the direction I take this. You think you know me? <laughs> I don't think so. So anyway, keep your questions coming. Remember, it's Sydney Sherman author at yahoo.com. And again, let me know if it's okay to use your name. Please remember to visit my website, sydneyshermanauthor.com, to find out what I'm up to, all the fun things I'm doing. I do want to make a special shout out to all the mothers that I miss because of Mother's Day, you know, in between podcasts. Happy, happy Mother's Day. Let's celebrate our mothers. Celebrate our mothers year round. I mean, honestly, mothers are the earth. Mothers are the root of all things wonderful and, and love. And celebrate your mothers, whether they're here in the physical or not, because as I said before, and you've probably heard me say before, they're still here. You can still celebrate with them. You don't have to go to a grave and do anything special like that. Just celebrate with them. Um, and then keep your eyes open and pay attention. So anyway, bless it all the mothers. I'm a mother. I had a wonderful day. So that shout out. And also, I do have a special event. I know it's a little last minute, but I did mention it on my last podcast. Coming up this Wednesday, May 18th, and I'll be at the Essex Steam Train for the first of three platform discussions. Uh, the first discussion is going to be based on my first book, You Are Not Alone. Uh, tickets and information are available at their website. Um, then I have another event in June, which I believe is on understanding your aura and a little bit about reincarnation. And then in July is the third platform series, the platform series, and it's going to be about understanding your senses. So all great, great stuff. Uh, again, the information is on their website, Essex Steam Train. Um, and so I, I really hope to see you there. It's going to be a fun time and it's going to be outside and it's going to be nice and we can actually physical, physically see each other. I mean, don't get too close to me because I don't want COVID. But, you know, I mean, it's going to be fun. So please come on down. Make sure you call ahead and get your tickets. I think they're giving a discount if you get all three tickets at one time. But honestly, don't, don't quote me on that. So I hope to see you there. Until next time, stay open, stay aware, stay informed, and stay cool. Ciao, y'all.